Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. We are having some church in here this morning. I'm very grateful for the way Robert and our choir and orchestra orchestra have been leading us. And I, I told the earlier service that Robert's been holding out on me. I've, I, I hadn't heard him sing a solo until today. He did a fantastic job. And uh, I am so grateful for the way that God has blessed us with the staff he has. I'm enjoying working with them. And just the enthusiasm of the choir was really, really good. In a day and age in which we live, there's some things that go on in the world that's not always positive. Sometimes there's a lot of negativism and you turn on the news, you look at media. It can, it can be bad news sometimes. And sometimes because of the, the critical spirit of a number of people, sometimes our, our children can pick up on that. Someone has said it's in there's, it's not so much what you, what, what's taught, but what's caught. And we need to teach our children, but sometimes they catch things good and bad from us. And, and this one guy had, had twins that was seven years old and these boys were totally different. And they evidently, at least one of them had caught some things from the negativism of the world. One of the boys was very negative. Everything, the glass was half empty. He had a critical spirit. It was just always, yeah, 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 whining, whining, whining. And then the other boy was just totally the opposite. He was very positive. I mean, the glass was half full. He just woke up with a smile on his, on his face. He loved sunflowers and sunshine, and he was just totally opposite. And so the dad thought, you know what, I'm going to try to get a little more balance in my boy. And I'm going to do an experiment. And so what he did is he got two rooms. One room was full of bounce houses and games and his favorite candy of the boy that was more negative. He thought, I'll put him in there and see if he's still negative. And the other one, the positive boy, he put him in a room that was full of manure. That was the only thing in there. And so he got them and took them to the two rooms and went for this 10-minute experiment. And he, he put the, the negative boy in the room with all his favorite candy and the bounce houses and games. And he, he put the, the, the boy that was very positive in the room with manure. And he left him in there 10 minutes. And so he went and checked on him. And he went and checked on the boy that was in there with his favorite candy and, and his, the games and all this. And he was just over there twiddling his thumb. He was bored. He said, he said, Dad, I just got bored. You got my favorite candy, but you didn't get my second, third favorite candy. And he was just bored. He just, it didn't, it didn't really work. He was still negative. So he went in the other room where the real positive boy, where all the manure is. And he, he looked in there and his boy was just digging, just digging and digging. He said, son. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm digging, Dad. He said, why? He said, with all this stuff in here, there's got to be a pony up in here somewhere. <laughs> Today, it's good news because the gospel means 
Good news. I want to invite you to take your Bible and turn to Galatians. I'm going to go to chapter 2 and read verses 19, 20, and 21. And if you take notes on the back of your worship guide, we're going to walk through some biblical points of application as we apply this text, expose the truth to your life, to my life, and to all those that may be watching Facebook Live, and we are grateful for that. Now, As we think about our theme, Made New, sometimes as those of us that have been born again, have a relationship with Jesus Christ, forget that we're not who we were. Because of Jesus, he changes us and makes us who we're supposed to be. And from the moment of salvation to glorification, there's this word called sanctification where we live to grow in our relationship with Christ and he changes us by his grace and it's new and fresh every day. There's nothing boring about it. If we are in Christ, there's all kind of opportunities. There's good days, there's challenging days, there's stuff in between, but he makes us alive. He makes us new. And I love this theme that we've been Uh, sharing about leading up to today because it certainly fits a relationship with Christ and Easter. And so this is Paul, Galatians, the church at Galatia, writing to the church, and they had gotten confused. They had started mixing the law, the do's and the don'ts, the commandments, the added commandments to the love of Christ. In other words, they were saying it's Jesus plus works. That's not what... Jesus is all about. That is not what the Bible proclaims the gospel is because works and the law and trying to be good enough to please God can be heavy. And that's not what Christianity is about. And so this applies to us here in Brookhaven and Lincoln County and beyond. And so let me just read chapter 1 and verse 3 first. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Things that are going on in the world and things that sometimes drift in the church. What was happening here to say, no, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Look at verse 6. I am astonished, he said, that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Because why? Jesus plus works is not the gospel. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and this not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now let's go to the text. Here's what it says. Chapter 2, verse 19, NIV version, for through the law, he says, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He's reminding them, we are as the church of Jesus Christ in Christ. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are made new, a new person. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then it says in verse 21 of our text, I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. 
Jesus can turn a sourpuss into Mr. or Miss Sunshine. It's what he can do. Years ago, I had a deacon in another church give me this door. Perhaps you saw it just a minute ago as somebody brought it in. It's a big old door, and it's a heavy door. But my deacon friend said, Hal, just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you don't need to be reminded of the cross. Hal, just because you're a pastor doesn't need to be rem- you doesn't mean you don't need to be reminded. He suggested I put it in my study, which I do, to, that, that, that it's Christ in you that's called you to live the Christian life and to do what he's called you to do as a pastor. And I thanked him, I thanked him, I thanked him. Now, let's be reminded of this. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. That's why we've got a little book when you go out, Lee Strobel's book in apologetics, defending the faith, because there's some people that need a little extra, need to understand just like Lee did that it is Christ and it's the power of the cross. And those that are pagans are lost. They don't get it. The Bible says that. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved. It is the power of God because we're minded. It's him and not you or me or works. And then we got our verse right here. This is what it says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Don't let Easter be something you just walk through because of culture or because it's the thing to do. Let it remind you, as I've tried to let it remind me, that it's fresh and it's new and it's alive. It's not dead. Religion is dead. A relationship with Jesus Christ is alive. So as I read this, I was getting ready for several weeks. I thought, what is this? What is this? really saying here and I thought get out of the way how church in Galatia East Haven guest get out of the way you see we trust Jesus as Savior and Lord which means boss and sometimes we want to we want to come back and drive the have the steering wheel in our hand don't we like, Lord, I know I'm, I'm letting you do this, but I got this. No, get out of the way. That's what he's saying. And we need to be reminded of that, and that's exactly what he's saying in the text. Let's look at it in three ways. Here's the first thing we see this. He paid your way. Paul says in verse 19, I died to the law. He never really lived for God. You see, he was living for himself, trying to be moral, trying to be a good person, trying to draw attention to himself. And he saw that's not what Jesus is all about. Because as we've been singing about holy, 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 we're to give glory to God. It's not about us. So Paul came to that. He was a good dude. The goodest among the goodest. I know that's not grammatically right, but it just kind of came to me. And he realized he's wretched compared to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's wretched. He needs the Lord just like we all do. He paid our way. He stopped trying to earn the way 
because he recognized on the Damascus road when he met Christ that it was finished. And that's what Jesus said on the cross, one of the cross to tell us that it is finished. There was nothing more Paul could add. There was nothing more that the Galatian church could add, no matter what these Judaizers, these false teachers were saying to them that had drifted in. No, 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 no. It is Jesus and Jesus alone. He paid your way. It clicked with him. It's not Jesus plus anything. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It's by the grace of God. Now, let's say that one of you told me that after the service or sometime, if I just walk up here by myself, that I'm going to get one of those big old cinnamon rolls from Janie's Pastries. He said, Pastor Howe, all you got to do, all you got to do is walk up these steps and you get a pastry from Janie's, not just any, that big old cinnamon roll as big as your head. And all I had to do with that. But I thought, nah, I want to kind of help some folks out here. Nick, come on up here. And I thought, I think, I'm going to strap big old Nick on my back and walk up these steps. Now, I don't have to, but boy, wouldn't it be impressive. Would you be impressed if I strapped this big old boy on my... Yeah. Well, the only reason I'm not is because I don't have my exercise equipment on. Yeah, I don't have it. Go ahead and sit down, Nick. Yeah, so I don't have my, you know, my ex. I don't want to mess up my tie and my suit and all that. Besides, how foolish would that be? Not only could I probably not do it, don't tell anybody, but I'd be doing that for myself. I already was promised all I got to do is walk up here. Why would I do that? For me. You see, that's what Paul was telling the church. And that's what sometimes we'll do. We strap on the law to make ourselves look good and be religious. Religiosity has nothing to do with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And sometimes those of us that forget that, forget the grace of God and the fact that he's paid the way. There's no need to strap on the do's and the don'ts and trying to do what's good because the way that we get to know God is by abiding in him and growing in him and then he shows us what to do and what not to do. Some people try to get cleaned up before they get a shower. You don't do that. You get a shower to get cleaned up. You come to Christ and you abide in him, and then he starts doing his fresh work in us as we abide in him. And so we see from the text that we're to get out of the way because he paid your way. It's pride that will sometimes cause us to strap on extra weight, the weight of the world, the, the law of works. Here's a paraphrase Tim Keller put in verse 19. Here's what he said. The law itself showed me that I could never make myself acceptable through it. So I stopped living to it 
I died to it as my Savior, though I obeyed God before. It was simply to get something from him. Now I simply obey him simply to please him. I now live for him. Say, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Let's try that one more time. That's what we need to do. Sometimes we get in the way of a fresh work of what Christ wants us to do in us and through us as we have such a short time here on earth. He paved the way. Secondly, we see this. We see this in verse 20. He paved the way. Verse 20 is a restatement of verse 14. We need to live our lives in line with the truth of the gospel because there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, that is so freeing. That's not just on Easter Sunday. That's every Sunday. That's every day. It frees us up to be who Christ wants us to be and to live the life he wants us to live, and it is liberating. There are no more chains of the law. And we do it out of our love relationship with Jesus Christ. The text says that we don't live. Christ lives in me. What does that mean? It means the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us the moment we're born again. You realize that? The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We are sealed with the Spirit of God at the moment of conversion. So therefore, all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. It's not the law. It's the love of Jesus and the grace that he gives us to live, to have the capacity to live for him. 1 Peter 2.24 says, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. We are made new. We are saved by grace, and we live by the faith of Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul got this. He pressed toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus because he had a type of holy amnesia. The bad that he had done in his former life, and maybe you've done some wretched stuff just like I have, and sometimes the Satan tries to bring that up. Paul said, no, he has holy amnesia. He pressed on toward the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. He had been redeemed. God had forgiven him. So he put that aside. And when he was reminded of stuff, he remembered the grace of God. And that sourpuss attitude turned to sunshine because he realized Christ has saved me. And he'd done some good in his life since he'd been born again and been called to to start churches and minister and testify to God's grace. But he didn't stay there bragging on himself. No, 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 no. He didn't stay there. He kept going on. Maybe you remember a good time when you went to youth camp or you were in a revival or whatever. That's great. And we celebrate those, and those can be wonderful memories. But God has something else he wants to do in your life and my life now and tomorrow and the days ahead. We must not stop there. We keep pressing on toward the mark. And so we have a holy amnesia to forget the good by grace of God that he's done through us in our lives. Paul got it. He got it. First, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Say made new. Made new. The old is gone. 
and the new has come. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and being certain of what you do not see. And then we live by faith because Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We live by faith. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. He makes us new, new creation day by day by day. The old hymn writer got it right. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We need to get out of the way. And then thirdly, he provided a way. It's verse 21. How evil it would be. For God to allow Jesus, his only son, to be crucified a cruel death when he was the perfect son of God. He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. How evil it would be if it was Jesus plus something else. That's not the God of the Old Testament or the New Testament. He would not do that to his only son. He provided a way in Jesus because he came, helped us know how to live out the Christian life. Think of it this way. I read this. If a family had a house fire and they all made it out and somebody walked up to him and said, man, this is great. I want to show you how much I love you. And he ran into the fire. That wouldn't make sense, would it? Wouldn't make any sense. But... If there was a house fire and the family was in there and somebody ran in to save them, that would show how much love there was because he went in there to rescue them. We've been rescued to tell us that it is finished. There's nothing we can add. It would be foolish of us to try to add add anything to what Christ has done. That's the message of Galatians. That's the message of Paul to the church. That's the message to the church at East Haven and beyond. It is by God's grace he is alive. And if we have a relationship with him, he is alive in us and wants to do even greater things. We don't set aside the grace of God. That's what verse 21 says. I do not set aside the grace of God. That is for salvation and sanctification, growing in our relationship with him. How foolish would that be? Now, let's talk about the sanctification process because sometimes I think when you come to Christ, that means you don't want to have any more trials. Ha! Sometimes it could be more difficult. But that's the way God grows us and matures us and gives us deeper roots. If you take a cocoon and you cut up that cocoon, that butterfly can't fly. Why? Because he hadn't been in that cocoon stretching and molding and shaping and getting stronger. So when the cocoon comes up, he can fly. That's the way it is with us. That's what Christ does. He matures us by giving us challenges. Warren Wiersbe says, a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Faith like a muscle must be exercised to grow stronger. You having a tough time? Remember this, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on me. We can bring even greater glory if we handle it right. 
when we go through greater difficulties than we've ever been through before. I'm learning a lot while I've been here in Brookhaven in a month and two weeks. Uh, one thing is I'm learning is I think I was more of a city boy than I realized. Let me explain. When we have eggs, we get them from the grocery store, and I put them in the refrigerator immediately. I have been given, I've been graciously given some farm fresh eggs. And I was told that you don't have to put them in the refrigerator immediately. It's foreign to me. It really messes with my mind. Because I'm thinking, oh, I got to get those in the refrigerator. And I have to be told again, but I'm going to tell you, I don't know if it, you know, it's OCD or whatever. I think I have a lot of different issues. But I, I'm thinking, I, I can't... Uh, but I was told you kind of wipe them off, get a, a damp cloth, you wipe them off, put them back in there, and then you put them in the refrigerator. So I do it as quick as I can because I can't, I can't handle them being outside the refrigerator. So I'm learning. The other thing I've learned is about Wilson's Meat Market in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. Had a guy several weeks ago. He says, have you been to Wilson's Meat Market? I said, I can't say that I have. He says, here's $20. He didn't ask me if I wanted the $20 to go to Wilson's Meat Market. He says, here's $20. You got to go. So I've been got to go for several weeks. And I went a few days ago. It's the coolest place. I'm going to go hang out there sometime. They got hog jowls and pig's feet and all kinds of stuffs. And, and folks in there. I mean, I just... I don't know. It was amazing to me. It's, it's just as good as going to Disney World to me. I'm going to go back. But I got some bacon. He said, you got to get some bacon. Did you know there's two kinds of bacon? You get, do you, he said, you want regular bacon or bacon with the rind on it or something. Is that right? Something. Anyway, I, I didn't know what that was. I thought, I'm, this, I'm out of my comfort zone anyway. I'm going to get to regular bacon. So I got the regular bacon, and yesterday, the day before, no, yesterday, my days are run together. I I fried up some bacon. I can make a mean breakfast, by the way. Bacon and egg. You say, can you cook? Yeah, I can cook bacon and egg. So I did the bacon. Man, it was good. Y'all are hungry now, aren't you? Yeah, well, we're hanging here. We're almost done. Got that egg. And do you know the egg? Wasn't good until I broke it and fried it up, ate it. Now, you can use eggs for egg hunts and other things, but really, it's not good till you break it. Sometimes, God has to break us of our pride to take us to another level in our relationship with him. And here's what we have to remember. The Bible says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. It is an opportunity to press into him more than any other time because there's no other place to go. When we've been broken, we've gotten to a point where we thought, well, that wouldn't happen to me, but it did. And it may have been the death of a loved one. It may have been the loss of a, of, a, of a job or something else. But God gives us the grace that we need for the moment. That's what verse 21 says. It's not just for salvation. It's for life. It's for sanctification as we're growing in our relationship 
with him. And we keep our eyes on Jesus, not a person. I'm thankful for heroes of the faith, but we keep our eyes on Jesus. And we learn about him in the Gospels. And he teaches us how to work with relationships to deal with a traitor like Judas. That's what he did to deal with the death of a friend like Lazarus. That's what he did to deal with the disappointment like Simon Peter who let him down. That's what Jesus did to deal with doubters like Thomas. That's what Jesus did. The Bible says he was tempted in every way yet without sin. It may be today you've been walking through a difficult time because somebody died that was close to you. Jesus understands that, and because of what he's done on the cross, he helps us there. He's a sovereign God, and no matter how hard it is, he speaks to us this Easter through this passage in particular. In particular, John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Just as Christ comforted Mary and Martha over the death of Lazarus, he will help you. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't. He makes all things new. We have to get out of the way. I went to the Clinton Cemetery in Clinton this past week. Pop Kitchens bought a big old plot for for the cousins and the kitchens, and my mom's buried there, and my dad's buried there, and I looked around a little bit and saw uncles and aunts, and I'll be one. I'll be there one day unless one of my cousins beats me and gets my spot. But you know what? When I left there, I thought, you know what? They ain't, they ain't here. They ain't here. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. It, going to the graveyard can be, can be fine. But they ain't there. They're in heaven. What a glorious day that will be. Our time here on earth is short. I don't care how old you live. So with Christ, we must be about the work and not be heavy laden with the burdens and the work that some people confuse about being a good person. That's not what Christ meant because he lives in us and makes all things new. And he gives us what we need to live out the Christian life every day. Say every day. Yeah, I like to say that here in Mississippi. All right, so we're going to use our imagination. Can y'all use your imagination for me just for a few minutes? Good, okay. Colin has a baseball team, and they play Meridian Community College on Wednesday. I looked it up, and so I'm sure it was correct. You know, everything you look up on social media is usually true, isn't it? <clears throat> Not necessarily, but I, I believe it's, it's accurate. They're playing this coming Wednesday, Community College in Meridian. Now, we're going to use our imagination. Let's say it's Wednesday. Let's say we're at the game. Let's say it's the last inning, and Colin is up to bat. Let's say the bases are loaded, and the game is tied, and the guy up to the plate fouls the ball off, hits his ankle, breaks his ankle, and he's out. He can't play. 
And let's say we're all at the game. It's Wednesday. Y'all with me? We're using our imagination, and we're thinking, oh, no. What are they going to do? The coach looks over there, and he's thinking, ah, I don't think there's anybody in here that can do this, that can step up here and, and bat and, and, and help us win this game. But he remembered. Y'all using your imagination? Okay, good. He remembered that Pastor Hal, the new pastor at East Haven, was up in the stands. And he remembered because he was told that he played for the mighty Clinton Harris and the Mississippi College Choctaws at one point. And he said, let's give him a shot. And some of you were kind of like, man, he kind of he old now. I don't know. I heard he was, couldn't really hit when he was at EMC, but. He pointed at him, Kitchings, let's go. Yes, sir. Go put your uni on. So I go in the locker room, and I put my Colian uniform on. And while I'm putting it on, I hear, psst. And I thought, who was that? It was Aaron, Aaron Judge was in the locker room, the most mightiest hitter right now for the New York Yankees on the team. I mean, the dude can stroke it. He's a little taller than me. He was in the locker room. They weren't playing. And I said, Aaron, bro, come here. I said, what are you doing here? I thought you could use me, Pastor Hal. I said, you better believe it. I could use you. And so... You're using your imagination? I'm pretty sure you are. I unzipped myself, and Aaron Judge climbed into me, and I zipped him back up. Man, I walked back out there. They gave me the bat. I stepped up to the plate, took a few swings like this, and, man, that first pitch that came, boo! Home run. I started jogging around the bat. Jogged around the bases, came home. We won the game. Coach was going nuts. Players were astounded, and you were shocked. <laughs> and we have several people that work at Colian, and one is Mr. Kenny Goza. And after everybody carried me around, and, all that, and there was and several of y'all were around using imagination. Good. Kenny looked at me and he said, "Now, he said, Pastor, how what got into you?" I said, Aaron Judge got into me. Aaron Judge got into me. That wasn't me. Kenny, you know, that wasn't me. Everybody begin to understand. Now, here's what we need to understand. As Christians who are new people in Christ, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. We need to live like it every day. It's not us. It's him. We've been made new. Dear Jesus, thank you for Easter. Thank you for reminding us that you freed us up to be who you made us to be, not like anybody else, but who we are in Christ and to love on people and fulfill our purpose.
In Jesus' name, amen.